Kia ora everybody, my name is Hamish Taylor and I'm in charge of teaching uh, here at Church Northwest. And I just wanted to welcome everybody who's joining us from different places around the country. Um, we've got our Church Northwest family, um, it's really good to have you with us, but also people from around New Zealand and even the world. We're really praying for a quick and safe end to this coronavirus crisis. But we also want to take a moment to be thankful to God that he has given us the technology, the opportunity to be able to continue meeting together online like this. Um, as we say, um, physical distancing does not have to mean spiritual distancing. So we're just really thankful for that. Now at Church Northwest, we have been working through a series called The Story of God and Man. Now it may seem a little bit weird or even inappropriate to just go back to a sermon series that we've been doing before. But I want to do this because I think it's really important for us, um, not just to kind of give us a little bit of normalcy moving forward, but also because I think this series, The Story of God and Man, is really important for us as we kind of navigate this crisis. The Story of God and Man is at its heart a story of hope. It is the story of how man has been separated from God through our own rebellion. And then God not being satisfied with just letting that sit, but coming after us, coming to rescue us, coming to bring hope into our lives. And I think all of us could use a little bit of hope right now. So this is a really good chance for us to kind of gather and center around that. Also, I think that today's particular story has um, a very specific message for us that's going to be very important as we sort of, again, navigate this crisis. And so I think it's important for us to kind of pay attention to the lessons God is giving us in this story. All right, for those of us who um, have not been a part of this God and Man series, we've been taking a story, a trip through the Bible. Um, from the beginning in Genesis all the way through to Revelation and then onwards to where we are today. Um, and it's a story, as I said, of God and man and how we've been distanced from him and then he is coming to bridge that gap. A couple of weeks ago, we started the series with episode one. We saw the birth of hopelessness. We saw God creating his world and then us rebelling against him. And we saw a lot of negative things happening throughout the first couple of millennia of our history. And um, we saw how hopeless we were, how our future was so dim without God. But then we also saw the birth of hope. And that hope came in the form of a promise to a man named Abraham. And God promised him that he would have a family. And that family would grow into a huge nation. And that nation would become a, a blessing and a healing to the rest of the world. God was going to use that nation as his way of bringing the world back to himself. So as we start the second episode and the begin halfway through Genesis, we see that promise is starting to be fulfilled. Abraham has a son, even in his old age. He has a boy named Isaac. And then Isaac has two sons, Jacob and Esau. And then Jacob has 12 sons. So you can see this family already starting to grow and this promise already starting to be fulfilled. However, not all things go very smoothly in this story. As we soon discover, all of that sin and that rebellion that we sort of encountered in the first 11 chapters of Genesis, 
they start to creep back into the story again. So Jacob's favorite son, Joseph, he was hated by his brothers. They were jealous of him and they sold him into slavery in Egypt. So immediately this sort of upward promise has started to take a bit of a turn. And we see that uh, Joseph is now in slavery in Egypt. But God is still prodding his plan along. And so he's with Joseph in Egypt and he helps him to find success in his, even in his slavery. But then he is accused of a, of a crime, falsely accused of a crime, and ends up in prison. But then God gets him out of prison and he becomes the second most powerful man in all of Egypt. And at that time, he invites his family, the rest of the family, Jacob and the rest of his brothers, to join him in Egypt. And the family starts to grow again. And so you see this family turn into a nation-sized group of people. So things are looking up again. But then we have a new pharaoh that turns up in town. And this pharaoh doesn't remember Jacob, uh, Joseph. Sorry, He doesn't remember what Joseph did for the country. In fact, he's a little intimidated by how big this family has gotten. And so he enslaves the people, the Hebrew people as they're called now. Turns them into slaves and has them building things for him. And he treats them really harshly. So again, the story that had, had, had this upward momentum starts to take a turn and hope starts to dive. And as we enter the book of Exodus, the second book of the Bible, we see hope at its all-time low. The Hebrew people are in the midst of the worst situation that they've ever been in, both before then and even after then. And they're slaves, they're oppressed, and they've been oppressed for 400 years. And hope is pretty low. But then a baby is born. The baby Moses Moses is the hero the people have been waiting for. He was the one who was going to rescue them. And he was the one who's going to lead them out of slavery. So again, hope is up. Uh, but his life doesn't quite go as imagined, at least not at first. He grows up in the palace, for one, so he's insulated from all of the troubles that the Hebrew people are facing. So he doesn't really connect with them. Then he kills an Egyptian guard, which is... A no-no. And he runs off to another country, starts a brand new life, has a family, and seems to forget all about the Hebrew people. In fact, for the first 80 years of Moses' life, he does absolutely nothing to help his people. So hope is back down again. But it is at this moment when hope seems to be completely lost that God steps in. And he says, now is the time to rescue my people. And so he speaks to Moses from a burning bush, a bush that is on fire but does not get burnt up. And he tells Moses what he is going to do. And he gets Moses to help. And so Moses starts the exodus. He goes down and he uses his palace connections to confront Pharaoh and to try and get his people freed. Pharaoh resists. His heart is hardened. And so we get God showing his power through plagues, through drowning the Egyptian army in the Red Sea and leading his people out of slavery into the desert and finally draws them together at Mount Sinai and makes them a nation. You can read that part in Exodus 19. 
Um, so I haven't gone through a lot of the details of the story. It's a great story. The first 19 chapters of Exodus. Um, recommend having a read of that. But what I want us to see is the overall story of how God has saved his people. Now, why is this story important to me as I deal with coronavirus? Because the time that occurs between the promise that God gave to Moses, to Abraham, sorry, and then when he brings the, Egyptian, the Hebrew people out of Egypt is 550 years. It is a long time. The people are waiting a long time for this promise to be fulfilled. And I hope you picked up on this wavy promise as well. I had some really great hula hand dancing going on here to show you that it wasn't just smooth sailing. It wasn't just increasing hope. There were good times, but then there were dark times. There were hard times. There were times when it seemed like hope was completely lost. But hope was never lost. And that is what we need to truly understand about the story. Hope was never lost. Now look, I know as we face this four-week quarantine period, there are a lot of questions and a lot of confusion and a lot of uncertainty that is going on in this situation. We don't know how big is this whole thing going to get. We don't know how long is this thing going to last. When the quarantine is over and the virus is gone, there are still going to be questions about how is the economy going to recover? How are all our jobs going to be safe? There are so many questions and so much hopelessness and things out of our control in this time. This seems like a very dark time. And so what I want us to do is to read, to understand, to hear the story of the Exodus and to know that no matter how long it took, no matter how bad it got, hope always prevailed. God came through. His promises were always going to be fulfilled. I want to read a passage to you. It's going to be up on the screen. You can find this passage in Genesis chapter 15, verses 12 to 14. As the sun was setting, Abraham fell into a deep sleep, and a thick and dreadful darkness came over him. Then the Lord said to him, Know for certain that for four hundred years your descendants will be strangers in a country not their own, and that they will be enslaved and mistreated there. But I will punish that nation. They serve as slaves, and afterward they come out with great possessions. Now, of course, we know the story that that happened exactly as it says there. But you know what the cool thing about this is? This is an interaction between God and Abraham, who would later become Abraham, nearly 200 years before Joseph even set foot in Egypt for the first time. 600 years before the Exodus was going to happen. So this tells me that nothing happens to God's people that surprises God. Nothing was going to happen that he didn't already know about, that he didn't already have a plan for, that he didn't know how he was going to fix. And as we face this situation, we need to know that God knows what's happening. He cares deeply for us, and he already has his plan in place to fix it. 
He already has his plan in place to rescue us from our troubles. We saw last week that um, David, the, the writer of the Psalms, wrote that I prayed to God and he rescued me from all my trouble. Now, look, this may not happen today. It may not happen tomorrow. It may take some time. There will be some low points in our story, but we can, we can trust in the promise that God is going to fix this world. He is going to rescue us and our eternity in him is secure because he has said it will happen. So it will happen. And our faith is expressed in trusting those promises, even when it seems really, really hard. And I know it is really, really hard and it is going to get harder. But we have a God that cares deeply for us and will rescue us. I want to read this verse. This is the first thing that God said to Moses from the burning bush. He says, the Lord said, I have indeed seen the misery of my people in Egypt. I have heard them cry out because of their slave drivers, and I am concerned about their suffering. So I have come down to rescue them from the land of the Egyptians and to bring them up out of that land into a good and spacious land, a land flowing with milk and honey. God knows what we're going through. He knows the cries of your heart. He hears them. He cares about them and he has a plan. He is going to fix everything. I'm going to pray. Lord, I just thank you so much that you care for us. You love us. And you have a plan to fix everything. Give us faith and trust in you. Even in these hard times that you are the one that we can look to. You are the one that we are going to pray to, to praise. And you are the strength that will get us through. It's in your awesome name that we pray. Amen.